five, four, three, two, one. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Here we go. It's game time. Unforgettable. Welcome to Sports and More, where almost anything goes. Coming to you from the marsh just outside of Edmonton, Alberta, here's your host, Dean Millard. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Nice to be in orbit. They can get playoffs this year, both these teams, and they meet like let's say it's a two-three matchup in the Pacific, buddy. Wow! Like, Imagine home ice advantage being on the line in that final game of the season, and, and knowing you're going to play you're again. Playing them, and so the winner of that game gets Game Seven, Calgary or Edmonton. Even that game will be amazing for a final it, game of the season. It's that would be insane. That would be like I, I don't know how this province would handle. A best of seven. Like, we could barely handle Kachuk getting ragdolled by Cassian. Yeah. Imagine a best of seven, man. It would be it would be the greatest thing to happen to hockey in this country in a long, long... Like, those playoffs outside of a team Stanley Cup run to the final for mm-hmm. the Oilers or the Flames or the Senators or whoever, um, this would be next level. Like, it would be insane. I think we could all agree that a playoff series between the Oilers and the Flames would be off the charts. That was Dustin Nielsen, who will join me on episode 33 of Sports and More, the podcast where almost anything goes. And it's fitting that it's episode 33, as if you listen to one-timers with Dustin Nielsen, which will be coming out later this week, you will know that Patrick Waugh was his uh, favorite player, one of his favorite players growing up until Saku Koivu. And he, of course, wore number 33. Uh, We're going to talk Super Bowl, the Battle of Alberta, uh, Oilers in general, his career path, which is amazing. Like Darren Drager, who joined me on Sports and More, the podcast, he almost quit the business. And now Dustin is uh, owning mornings in Edmonton. He's doing uh, play-by-play of the Spengler Cup, uh, the CFL on TSN. And we're also going to have a little fun little game. TSN 1260 staff in one word. And we'll talk about saddest TV moments. That's coming up in our top three as well. And that, of course, is presented by Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. You know fantasy sports are great. And now with Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, it's more realistic than ever. Own one of the only 31 professional fantasy hockey franchises in the world. That means only one team owns Connor McDavid. 23-man rosters, a 27-player reserve list to stockpile for the future, daily roster moves, a wickedly unique playoff format, and they're not just players on your roster, they're digital assets. Use digital currency to buy and sell players. Real money. Build a championship team now or stockpile for the future. Win it all, and it's big bucks. Only a few franchises left of the 31 available. You can get your own Right now, by bidding at www.airauctioneer.com slash UFFsports-NHL-Fantasy-Franchise-Ultimate. dash dash 
auction. Open your free account, make your bid, you'll be notified if you're outbid. That's www.airauctioneer.com slash uffsports dash NHL dash fantasy dash franchise dash auction. In this format, you own the game, so get in the game with UFF Sports. Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. Three, two, one, and liftoff. Let's go! Time for your top three. Liftoff and the clock has started. Roger, zero G, and I feel fine. Beautiful, beautiful. So in our top three today, as you will find out, Dustin Nielsen and I uh, chatted about this in the interview, are going to your saddest moments in TV. Your top three saddest moments in TV. A few of them that uh, came in, uh, Ryan Ohashi says, uh, the we will all fall speech from Friday Night Lights, the where's Wallace at scene in The Wire, and Sophia scene in Walking Dead. That Sophia scene in Walking Dead was, that was a heart rancher. Um, a spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen it, uh, she comes out of the barn. They've been looking for her forever, and she comes out a zombie. Uh, Ken Liu says, Game of Thrones holder hold, holding the door knowing his fate. Uh, two, the Good Place series finale, and three, Breaking Bad when Hank Walter's brother-in-law is killed. I, sh- I should say spoiler alert for a lot of these, but sorry about that. Um, yeah, that hoarder scene, hoarder scene where he's holding the door. That was a tough one in Game of Thrones too. Uh, uh, Lynn Mercero, Letterman's last show, Will Gardner is shot and killed on The Good Wife, and Wayne Gretzky's retirement game. All right, I like those. Uh, some really good ones uh, coming in. As well, you can uh, chime in with your thoughts uh, in a number of different ways here on Sports and More, the podcast. Uh, feel free to get me on Twitter at Duck Millard, or you can email me sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. Here are my uh, top three. My honorable mention is every ending to the littlest hobo. Like that dog just could not find a home. I, I'm, I'm starting to think he didn't want a home, really. I'm starting to think he was just a bachelor uh, that liked solving uh, puzzles and crimes. But it was sad because uh, maybe tomorrow he'll find a better home. Uh, number three for me, and this goes back to uh, my younger years, uh, Paul and Jamie Buckman splitting up on Mad About You. I love that show. Big Helen Hunt fan. I love that show. And when they were splitting up near the end, it crushed me. And I actually, it's weird. I haven't got back into the the reset of it, uh, but I plan to. Uh, number two for me is the red wedding scene in Game of Thrones. It was it just caught me off guard, and then I was so sad because um, some very important people and characters that I liked were no longer. That was the thing about Game of Thrones. I remember, and spoiler alert for Game of Thrones, but uh, I remember telling Guy Flaming that I really liked uh, that Sean Bean character. <laughs> he wasn't around that long. And uh, number one, Opie Winston dying in Sons of Anarchy. It is so emotional. Him and Jax are best friends. And uh, man, oh man, it was, uh, it, it gutted me. It, it really, like I was a big Tara fan. And when that happened, it gutted me too. Uh, but Opie, 
on Sons of Anarchy. Man, man. That was tough. Uh, so you can get a hold of me at Duck Ballard on Twitter. Instagram, you can get us at Sports and More, the podcast. Facebook at Sports and More 35. And as mentioned, you can email us at Sports and More pod at gmail.com. You can also check out the website for past episodes and more at sportsandmore.ca. And uh, make sure you get in the game where you own the game with Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. Check them out at www.uffsports.com. And really quickly, at Podcast Alley, later today, Todd Hubcup, Prairie Baseball Academy uh, head instructor. He'll join the uh, Prospects Baseball Show. We'll do Playing Pepper as well. And on the Cannabis 101 podcast, Wendy Forwell of Cannabis Hotels, the CEO. We also did one hitters with her, but you can find out um, about where the best places to travel uh, if you want to be cannabis friendly. Uh, I will have Nathan Meissen of uh, Fire and Flower, uh, the Vice President of Government and Stakeholder Relations on Wednesday's podcast for the Cannabis 101 podcast. All of that can be found at podcastalley.ca. And if you're listening to us on 12-Ounce Sports, we really appreciate it. Live radio and TV, you got hockey, lacrosse, basketball, futsal, and more. 12OunceSportsRadio.com. Before we get to the interview with Dustin Nielsen, I want to remind you we have our Acme Meat Market Trivia Challenge going on. A gift card from Acme Meat Market up for grabs. You can say hi to Corey, Amanda, their wonderful staff in the Ritchie Market in Edmonton, 9570-76th Ave. Check out their website, acmemeatmarket.ca. Your hint for the trivia question where you could win a GC from Acme Meat Market is Dustin's education. Let's find out more about Dustin Nielsen in the bio. Time for the bio. Dustin Nielsen was born in Cranbrook, BC and grew up on a farm just outside of the city. He graduated from Mount Baker High School and enrolled in the broadcast course at Lethbridge Community College in 2001. His first job was in High Prairie, Alberta, where his stay was just three months. He was with Any Sport Anytime in Edmonton for a year and a half before heading back to Lethbridge on Country 95.5 where he spent three and a half years. The North beckoned once again, and he joined Rock 97.9 in Fort McMurray for two years before ending up with TSN 1260, where he owns mornings in Edmonton and has been doing it for 10 years. He's also done a lot of play-by-play, most recently at the Spangler Cup and the CFL on TSN. Dustin and his wife, Tammy, have two children. Dusty, it is a pleasure uh, to have you uh, in studio here at Podcast Alley. Thanks very much for coming out. Oh, that's a good buddy. I was hoping to get in here one day. I see you got a lot of, it's cool seeing it in person because you see a bunch of pictures like this Viking Cup jersey. I called that tournament. Yeah, that's yeah. why I put that up Yeah, today. yeah, you know, I called I, that I tournament. Try to, I try to have, uh, and I'm sure you watched a little bit of Youngblood. Youngblood, young not group. as much as you. Yeah, and then, um, but uh, yeah. a little North Dakota fighting suit. Yeah, that's but, good. Uh, yeah, 0406 Viking Cup I did. It was, it was that's a great cool tournament. Seeing it. Great tournament. I was so sad when uh, they stopped doing the Viking Cup. I, I was purpose, uh, I, I was a big fan of a key flame and got me really into the to the Viking Cup because he did some work there. He but, did color uh, for me. Yeah, oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. yeah he was. Uh, we called some legendary games in that tournament. Yeah. yeah, and we would go out there every once in a while for global and do some stories. It was fun to see international. And you know what? That was when uh, international teams were a bit of a mystery. Still, a hundred percent. I remember this Czech team came into the o four o six one, and um, they had these two fifteen year old kids. 
And we're like, wow, there was a U17 U team. And the two 15-year-old kids were uh, Michael Froelich and Yuri Toulouse. Yeah. And these two kids torched that tournament. Like, it yeah. was insane. So, yeah, it's, it was a fun tournament. I, I'm, yeah, I'm sad that's not around anymore. I remember Thomas Vanek had a special relationship with that tournament and the people. And remember when uh, there was the, he almost became an oiler? That was one of the things that was talked about is that he's got this relationship yeah, in Alberta. There's a few guys. I mean, the one event, Tuka Rask was there. Um, Paul Stastny was played out. Kyle Ockposo were on like this wow. U.S. Uh, they basically brought like the uh, USHL All Star yeah, yeah, team. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was there was a ton of really good players there. I always liked Jesse Yoensu. He was at that event. He was a beast in that <laughs> yeah, event. Everyone did. I think people referred to that a lot of the times when he became. When an they oiler. brought him yeah, an Oiler, yeah. I was just like, man, this guy lit yeah. up the Viking Cup ten years ago. But obviously, it never worked out. All right, uh, Super Bowl yesterday. Um, there was a, a lot of hype for this game with the uh, amount of offense that these teams, you know, the the Chiefs and everything that they can do, and the 49ers running game. Uh, I just want to skip to last minute of the first huh. half. Does does that not? I don't have a lot of confidence in my quarterback, or what is that? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. We're sitting there watching it, and I'm I'm looking. At him like, why don't you call a timeout here? Same you get the me. ball back with yeah. one fifty left. Like, cause they could John, John Lynch was doing that. Well, right? Yeah. You're like, what, why aren't you taking a time out here? You get a buck 50. Um, and then you can move the ball back down the field. Worst case scenario, you get into a field goal range. And so they don't do that. So they get the ball and then you're sitting there going, okay, well, you know, pass play, pass play. Then they run it for like six or seven yards or whatever mm -hmm. it was. You're like, okay, timeout. Nope. No timeout. So they're basically just running the clock off. And for me at that moment, and I, I went into that Super Bowl with like, I didn't really care who won. Like, I'm not a Chiefs guy. I'm not a Niners guy. I said the Chiefs would win. And I bet a little bit of money on the Chiefs, but I didn't care who won. But when I saw the Niners do what they did at the end of the first half, that was the end of it for me. I was like, if you're not going to come out here and try to win a Super Bowl as it opposed to sense. try to not lose a Super Bowl, then I don't have time for you. Like, it was... And then they almost got... They almost got away with it because the Chiefs called a timeout. Then they went deep and had mm -hmm. the OPI and everything. Like... And as, it, as it, soft it, as that call seemed to me, it, it by the letter of the law, it was the right call to it, make. Yeah, it, it probably was offensive pass interference. It was Tough to call smooth, it in that spot yeah. in that game when you've seen a lot more obvious ones. But I just, I mean, they, did, they didn't, you obviously, you think the Chiefs would ever do that with Patrick Mahomes Not a or Tom there, Brady there's no or Matt Ryan. Any coach yeah. that has confidence in your Drew Brees, any yeah. of those guys, right? And and the thing that, that I found interesting is then they come out in the second half, and Garoppolo doesn't miss anything. Yeah. Well, he was running a lot of play action. Yeah. Which helps quite a bit, right? Like, I think he was eight of nine or something on play action. And the whole game script in the second half was weird for them because they ended up, I think, throwing the ball twice as much as running it in the second half. And even when they got up 20 to 10 there, they didn't really seem to just try to go ground and pound and go back and forth between Mostert mm -hmm. and Tevin Coleman and try to run the game, um, run the clock out. So um, it's not a good look for Shanahan, who has now been absolutely torched in fourth quarters in Super Bowls when he was with the Falcons. That's right. And now with the Niners, like he's been outscored 46 to nothing in mm -hmm. fourth quarters and overtime. So, I mean, that that's a blemish. Like That's something you got to get sorted out here. Yeah, that that's something that could like follow his career. Uh, as, For sure. Uh, you know, like um, kind of like what happened with Pete Carroll on that call. Like people are remembered. Mark Crawford in the Olympics. Yeah. People remember your failures more than your successes. Or Andy Reid. Like, on the other side of this thing, Andy Reid's reputation going into this mm -hmm. was not being able to manage the clock properly his entire coaching right. career. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now, he, now he's got one, so it sticks with you, man. People, sports fans and NFL fans, do not forget. Yeah. yeah. How about the Chiefs and the fact that they just didn't care how far they were behind in any of the games in the playoffs? Yeah, it was rather remarkable. In fact, I was thinking about it 
um, this morning. I was like, you know what? When they were down by 10, probably could have got a pretty good bet on them at that point. Oh, yeah. I was looking, and I think they were down, or they had like, um, the Niners had like a 96.7% chance mm. of winning in the fourth quarter, which means Which would have made me happy which because means, I bet them heavily. Did you? Yeah. Ah, well, heavily yeah, for yeah. me, anyway. Yeah, 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 the Niners, you bet heavily? The yeah. Niners, yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, but yeah, no, the Chiefs just had, it almost seemed like they needed to be down before they decided like, oh, wait a second. It's like like we toying need, with yeah, everybody. The Chiefs are clearly better when Patrick Mahomes... And the and their offense in general is like, okay, we got to go, we got to push yeah, it, we got to yeah, move things. Yeah. And they just, I mean, the the Texans game was insane. Yeah. And then what they managed to do in the AFC Championship game was pretty impressive. Um, well, very impressive. And then and this one, you're almost like, you you just get the sense that if Mahomes hit one big one, that was all they needed, and he found Hill on that yeah. huge one on third and fifteen. And at that point, it was like lights out. It's a halftime show, fan. Uh, I liked it. I liked it. I I'm surprised how many people are like just seeing some text messages from people and, and chatting with a few guys who are like, oh, you know, my daughters can't watch that. And I'm like, well, then just turn it off. Like, that's fine. If you don't want your kids to watch that, that's, that's okay. That's easy. to But do. from a, for a Miami halftime show with JLo and Shakira, mm -hmm. that's exactly what you expected. Like a lot of dancing, a lot of hip shaking, a lot of ass wiggling and you know, I'd probably say nobody I recognize about 60% of the music. Yeah. yeah, nobody was naked. You didn't see a boob. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I thought for what, like, it, what else were you expecting Shakira and J-Lo to do? Yeah. Like, that's what they were going to do. They were going to stand up together side by side and shake their butts and then wrap it up. And that's what we were here for. So I I really liked it. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I uh, I basically listened to it uh with the the sound off um i i, I literally did I, I you know it's not my type of music so yeah. i didn't this is i'll see if i can get this to work this is what i listened to during the uh the halftime show where lava pours out near the sea surface tremendous <laughs> volcanic explosions sometimes occur it's called a band called boards of canada it's just weird sounds i like to imagine that with them dancing to this music yeah, it was really yeah. So anyway, that's uh, <laughs> so I just turned the sound down and watched them dance while listening to strange sounds hey, from boards of Canada. You got the gist of it, <laughs> did, like pretty yes. much. That's all you needed yeah. to see. And that's the thing: uh, if you don't like the halftime show, don't watch it. Nobody's yeah. forcing you. Like, it's not that big of a deal. If you sit there and go, "Man, I watched the whole halftime show and it sucked," then that's on you because <laughs> yeah, it right. doesn't get worse throughout. Like, if only thing, it's going to get better. Um, so if you didn't like the first two minutes, then go take a piss, grab a bite to eat, and come back for halftime. Right. Like, yeah. Maybe go smoke a joint yeah, or something exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly. Do that probably, too, yeah. Then you'll probably really love yeah, it. Yeah, then bro. you're coming back in and being like, wow, <laughs> these chicks are awesome. <laughs> okay, what was awesome was the Battle of Alberta. And how many times um, have we hyped up a rematch only for it to fizzle out and nothing happened? And the exact opposite of that happened in this situation. I mean... That game on Saturday night was ridiculous. It was like 1980. All you were missing was somebody shredding a shirt with a skate. Yeah, pretty much right. And the mascot's tongue being That's ripped right. out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was like, I would say like 98, 99% of the time when you're hyping up a game, you get nothing. 
and we've hyped up two of them in the last five days yeah. and got something in each of them, right? The game on Wednesday was a really good hockey game mm -hmm. where some business got taken care of. The bantamweight bout yeah, between exactly. Nugent and Monaghan like those, was awesome. Those are the best. First of all, there's not many fights anymore anyway. Mm -hmm. The best fights you can have are A, a goalie fight, or B, two somewhat skilled guys who are unsuspecting mm -hmm. and don't play defense in a fight and try to beat the hell out of each other. So yeah. like the, the game on Saturday was from the moment Yamamoto scored early and celebrated the same way Riddick did with his arms out. You knew at that moment the Oilers were pissed off He's already about a the savage. way, yeah, about the way Riddick ended the last game. And then they just started to yeah. pile on. And I'll give Calgary credit. Like Calgary fought back, made it four three. And you you know the way with the Oilers are and how sometimes Smith can play. You're like, okay, like let's see what happens here. That's but right. they managed to like regroup, got back on track, and then Sam Gagne who. I have loved since the break. I don't know what he did the All Star break, but he's been flying. Um, somebody, somebody said, "Hey, did Sam grow over the All Star break because he looks much bigger?" But um, he goes and jabs Talbot, and look, if I was a goalie man, well, I was. And I used to beat the shit out of crazy, everybody yeah. with my blocker. Like, yeah. um, and then as soon as Talbot kind of moved behind the net, you knew Smith, who's rambunctious, yeah. right, was going to come down. And when Smith got to center ice, Nurse, I was losing it my mind. Yeah, and Nurse That's being amazing. like. There's Smith, like Go. it was, it was great. And what's funny is that, like everybody, all the time is like, violence in hockey is not good. And I understand where they're coming from, but this was the most talked about regular season moment in in half a decade, mm -hmm. at least, not even close. And look what it was. It was two goalies dropping the gloves, and they were fine. I mean, Talbot might have got hit with one or two. But. Uh, this is the best the Battle of Alberta has been in almost 30 years. Yeah, it's funny because like I've been here for 10. It's yeah. definitely 10, but everybody else who's been here longer, like yourself, have been saying like yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Well, I, like I wasn't here. I've, I've only been here since 03. It's definitely the best it's been since then. Yeah. Um, and then I, as a fan, I just go back to watching it. And, you know, like Tikkanen in 90 was 91, I think. Uh, that game winner, that those are the moments I remember because there has been no playoffs. And that's you're right. That's 30 years, yeah. man. If they can get playoffs this year, both these teams, and they meet like let's say it's a two three matchup in the Pacific, buddy. Wow. Like, Imagine home ice advantage being on the line in that final game of the season, and, and knowing you're going to play knowing you're again. Playing them, and so the winner of that game gets game seven, Calgary or Edmonton. Even that game will be amazing for a final it, game of the season. It's that would be insane. That would be like I. I don't know how this province would handle a best of seven. Like we could barely handle Kachuk getting ragdolled by Cassian. Yeah. Imagine a best of seven, man. It would be, it would be the greatest thing to happen to hockey in this country in a long, long, like those play outside of a team Stanley cup run to the final for mm. the Oilers or the flames or the senators or whoever. Um, this would be next level. Like, it would be insane. And the whole National Hockey League would be watching. Oh, right? you know, Sportsnet would be so happy because they would finally oh. be making some money off of that contract. That would They would be praying for seven games. Yeah. You know, like, because that that's, I mean, if you got those types of series, or a Toronto, yeah. Ottawa, back when, like, it was Laleem and Spezza going up against those Leafs teams with Sundin, like, Alfredson mimicking well, yeah, yeah, members, the stick things throw, like, like that. that type of stuff. We just haven't had that in yeah. what seems like forever. So yeah. I think now that it's back, it seems like almost even better than it used to be because well, yeah. we haven't seen it for so long. You've got a goalie doing a stick flip like Batista. Yeah. You got Yamamoto mimicking it. Like it's it's remember Kane and Matthews doing the things to yeah. their ears, right? Uh so you've you've got that going for you as far as that. Plus, 
the advent of social media. Oh. I mean, that just takes it to another level. I made a comment about David Riddich uh, yesterday and the stick lift saying, if you're going to do it, you got to take the heat like he did. Some guy jumped all over me and saying he did take it. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like it, it That's just, what you're it, saying. Yeah, yeah, but people get extra sensitive as, as fans in the social media age of of hockey well it drives it to another level too i mean i don't know like for players if they can actually stay off social media um and avoid some well, of the saw, stuff that gets somebody said, said like, the other day zach cassian uh, yeah i went like to his account his and account. it looks like his account's not activated anymore i would um, not there's no way i'd have an, uh, if i was an, a pro yeah. uh, professional athlete i mean there's not a chance i would have i wouldn't have a public account like yeah, you might right, want to yeah. have like a fake account so you can follow like along other account. things that you like a kevin durant they call yeah, that yeah, yeah the old kd god what a goof um, but yeah, that's gotta be extremely tough for, for those like, and I mean, it's great for us. I mean, yeah. I was just firing out gift after gift on Saturday and yeah. people are like, Oh my God, it's, it's, so it's great. It's great from that, but it's nasty too. Like it's, you gotta be careful what you say on there. Um, or else people, even if it's not how you mean it, yeah. it, it gets spun some way. Yeah, and sarcasm like, does not go well, not well in a text message or an email. No. I, I remember I was sarcastic to a boss once at uh, Global. He's like, uh, that's a little bit. I'm like, dude, I was being sarcastic. He's like, oh, okay, well, yeah. it doesn't really translate that well It's sometimes. nice to use that to get out of a lot of stuff. Even if yeah, you yeah. did say it, you're like, no, no, I was totally being sarcastic. Yeah, Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah, that's the old line. <laughs> so the Battle of Alberta is alive and well. And the Oilers' playoff hopes are, you know, such a great start. Then there was a dip, which I think we all expected. And... You know, maybe it was just handling success for this team is is so different. Where do you see them now post break? Uh I, I I think they're close to being the best team in that division, man. I, I like the addition of Yamamoto to the second line with Drysaddle and Nuge has changed the way you look at this team because they're they've been one of the best. You can make a case they've been the best line in the league since they well, were put together. Drysaddle like, just named uh, first star of the week. Yeah, and he was like, a, a month he was player. second player of the month because yeah. Ovechkin scored three goals a game there for yeah. a while. Um, I think that changes a lot. Like Calgary, very good team. They've beaten the Oilers three or four. I mean, they're they're a very good team, but I think they might have some issues. Um, Arizona's struggling right now. It's funny, all these teams, like the Canucks had a big slide and people are like, well, what are the Canucks going to do? Now they've been red hot. The Oilers mm -hmm. had their slide. The Flames had a slide midway through the season. And then the Golden Knights have just sort of been up and down the whole way. So I, I don't want this to take away from these teams, but the Pacific Division is pretty brutal compared to the other divisions. Like there's no juggernaut it's that you have to grabs, go through, right? right? Like, so I think the Oilers have just as good a shot of anybody to win that division. And if they can, if they can get the McDavid line clicking, and McDavid generates things, mm -hmm. but it's is I don't think overall his line has really sort of found their stride without Drysaddle. If they can get that going, and and Smith remains or Smith or, or Koskinen and whoever remains, you know, good to very good, then they're they're looking like a playoff team. Like sure. their blue line doesn't seem to have a lot of question marks on it right now. No, I I th I, I wonder if that's the personnel or if it's the coaching staff doing a good Probably job a putting them both. in spots. I, to... I, I might say 60-40 on the coaching. Yeah, well, one of the things that a lot of players have talked about, and I don't know if anybody's really do it um, since they've kind of turned things around here, was that you know, a lot of players have said, you know, we made some structural changes. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if some of the structural changes have been to tighten up as a group a little bit defensively and not leave Smith. like when Because when Smith was struggling there, I didn't like parts of his game, but he was also hung out to dry mm -hmm. a ton. And that's when they were like, okay, but you need one of those saves every once in a while. How often have we been saying that really lately? Because teams haven't been getting right. those types of great chances all well, the not time. five-star so, giveaways, Yeah, right? so I think I think they've kind of tightened things up a little bit. And Blue Line's pretty steady right now. And a lot of those guys you know, still have the opportunity to get a little bit better even here in season. So 
that's a positive as well. Yeah, you mentioned Yamamoto uh, and that call up. Um, we'll see um, what happens the rest of the way with different guys, but it's just so nice to see guys that you know aren't are sent, aren't sent down for four games and called up right away, or you know just rushed. I guess yeah. is the right word. And you know they took their time with Yamamoto. And he's here, and and some of those defensemen they spotted yeah, him in. Yeah. It's just so nice that you know there's a few more guys still to come. Well, like Bear's a good example. Remember, Bear was here two years ago, and you're like, this guy is going to make this team. Yeah. He was penciled in at the beginning of last year. Didn't play a game last year, I don't think. You know, there's like you're in the American League. That's where you're going to be. Didn't look great at camp, and now look how it's paid off, right? Like mm-hmm. Yamamoto, when he was here for the first two stints, like the nine games, yeah. and then whatever it was. I was watching him and I was like, I don't know if this dude's going to be able to play in the league. Yeah. Like, you know, like I was, he was, and now he comes back and I'm looking at him going, you look almost as impactful as you were in junior right now, yeah. which, which is how you're supposed to properly develop a player. Like with Benson called up now, I've talked about this a little bit on some of the other stuff I do. Like Benson is a very rare case in the Oilers organization in that, he was drafted. It's been three and a half years. He's played 115 American Hockey League games yeah. and hasn't even played a single game in the National Hockey League. Like, tell me the last Oilers prospect who did that. Like, yeah. there, there, there's no list. Like, it says Tyler Benson at the top. Like, so I, I like the way that they've, they've handled some of those guys. And if Benson can make even half the impact that Yamamoto's made, man, he might stick around too. Well, it's so interesting. It's the one thing that Chiarelli's regime did well was draft. Yeah. And and now this regime is benefiting from it. Yeah, it's starting to pay off a little bit. You're yeah. right. You don't want to give that guy too much credit for anything. That's but right. But him and his staff drafted relatively well, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, the people that say, well, he was right about Koskinen. Well, it, it looks like it's uh, it, it's paying off a little bit. But you still go back and say there was no reason to do it that day. No, if, Like, if, dude, I, I, I was off that day. My wife and I were going to a movie. I heard you and Strutty yeah. talking about I thought you guys were punking everybody. So did I. When Strutty's like, Koskinen's beside. Yeah. I was like, no, he hasn't. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, you, here's what you could have done with Koskinen. You could have waited, saw how he played at the end of the year, mm-hmm. signed him to a one-year or two-year deal at $2.1 million. Like, that's two million bucks that you didn't need to spend right now. And you're right. I don't care if he's playing great or not. And he's playing pretty good. Mm-hmm. But you should have him for about two million right now, not four million. Yeah. Like, it just, that was. I okay still with don't the know Cassian side? Yeah, I like the Cassians. I mean, I would it's have loved four it. $4 million. If, yeah, I would have loved mm-hmm. it if it was three for three. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with 3.25 for four. And that like, final year is. Uh... Is such a low. It makes it if you are trading or something. Yeah, like yeah, that, exactly. You'll be able to move him if you, if you feel like it. But I, like Cassian, has developed into an extremely important piece of the Oilers. Oh, I honestly yeah. believe that. Like, and he's an incredible story because I didn't like when he went to the Habs and was screwing around there. I was like, this guy's done. Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to give him a shot? And then the Oilers did it, and it's. I mean, that was a Shirelli move too, wasn't it? So. Yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of credit for sure. Yeah. I uh, w- when when Tom Wilson got that big contract, I was like, "What?" I know. And then Zach Cassian is is filling that role like a like a Tom Wilson is is in Washington. If you if you actually look at those numbers, Cassian deals pretty darn good yeah. compared to what Tom Wilson yeah. got. And Wilson, I mean, Wilson's good. If you look at the league though, like Wilson, um, big part of what the Capitals did to win a cup. What mm-hmm. did the Blues do last year? They brought in Pat Maroon, mm-hmm. who I mean, Maroon doesn't get around as as ideally as you would want one of those guys, but he had an impact in the mm-hmm. playoffs last year. Where'd he go this year? Tampa, who was knocked out in the first round of the playoffs and said, Needs we need that, one yeah, of those yeah. guys. So, I mean, you don't have to have those guys, 
But like when Chicago was winning their cups, then they have was eager on one of those teams, and then they had Bickle yeah. and uh, they David had like Bolin yeah was they the had like guy. some guys who could grind yeah. and kind of get in people's faces too. So Buffalo was on yeah. their first cup yeah. teams like. So, I mean, the, if you look at the majority of these cup-winning teams... Boston look, Bruins have those guys. Boston you know. Bruins had those guys. Pittsburgh Penguins had Matt Cook running around mm -hmm. being an idiot on, I think, at least one or two of those teams. Um, so, yeah, those, those they have those guys, man. They, they're they series changers. Yeah. That's what they are. And and that's, you know, Cassian can be that. We saw that in the playoffs, obviously, when he had the, uh, the lamb chops going there uh, the one year. So we know he can be... Um, a difference maker in the playoffs. And and listen, Ken Holland uh, so far, uh, just the, you know, if, if all he did so far was the James Neal Lucic trade, yeah. uh, and really other than calling a few guys up, that's really what he did. But he just changed the complexion. And then you look at this last two games, where has Milan Lucic been in yeah. those games? Like that's a big question Flames fans are asking. And and I think maybe Johnny Gaudreau too. Like where are the big guys? And, and you know, th that can certainly change. It's, the Flames still won that game, but he I, changed the complexion of the Oilers with that trade. Yeah, he he 100% did. Um, and I like some of the other small, like the Shahan signings and mm -hmm. Archibald, like these small guys. He basically said, we want guys who can move a bit, who can play a role. And that's what they got, and it's kind of worked out. Whereas in Calgary, like the Lucic thing, not fighting his friends, like... I, I get it. I wouldn't want to do that. But you're, that's, your, that's job, your job, man. That's your job. It's not like you're going to the bar after these guys yeah. and you're fighting them there. This is this is your job. You don't even have to beat the hell out of them. You have to drop your gloves, grab onto Jujar for a second and be around. like, yeah. hey, I'm just going to give you a couple pops in the side of the head. Um, the Gaudreau one concerns, if I was a Flames fan, would concern me a ton because last year in the playoffs, non-factor, I think in his last nine playoffs games, he has zero goals, three assists. Last year, he had 36 goals. This year, he's got 13. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's been the same player since being a disappointment in the playoffs last year. So then you're sitting there going, okay, well, what if they miss the playoffs this year? What if they make the playoffs and he's a non-factor again? Then I, th I think it comes down to, I mean, legitimately thinking about yeah. moving him for a type of guy that fits in with Monaghan and Kachuk and can play that type of game that you clearly want to establish when you've got guys like Lucic and Ronaldo in the lineup at the same time, yeah. you know, like, so I did. He's extremely skilled. I think when he got the puck on his stick, he's like a top ten guy in the mm -hmm. league. But these last two games have been very playoff like, and I literally barely noticed him at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the Oilers have, uh, you know, Ken Holland has an opportunity here to add at the deadline if he wants, or wait to the draft with the dra the chip of Jesse Puljujarvi. Yeah. This is something you've been obviously pretty passionate about on Twitter. And yeah. then I think some tongue in cheek. I mean, uh, I love it when media guys go back and forth and you and Bob got into it a little we bit. We go, we go a bit. Yeah. yeah. And that's fun. Bob is, uh, he, he can uh, dish it out and he's uh, a big boy and he takes it yeah. when uh, you give it back and forth. But uh, is it part shtick or is it part just you want to point out how well he's playing? Well, I, I mean, I just feel like you point out how well he's playing and everybody, including some of the boys that we're buddies with, um, just want to take shots at the league the entire time. Yeah, I don't get like, that. I don't, like the, I don't the understand The whole beer it. league comparison yeah, is ridiculous. Like, people just take it too far. I'm like, think about this for a second. If he had not come over yet and was the best player in Finland this year, which by all accounts he is, and was a point per game on yeah. the best team in the league, would be going he nuts. would be a top 10 prospect mm. in all of hockey right now. Um, but he's been here, it didn't work out, so he's gone back over. So he's got this baggage that carries him down, which is why I think some team is sitting out there still going, look, this guy got oilered, 
which yeah. was a thing with the previous regime. We'll see how the Holland thing works. This is a fresh slate, but this guy got oilered in his development. He's the best player in a league where Rangers fans are losing their mind about Laurie Pagianiemi right now, who I watched at the Spangler Cup and is a pretty good prospect. Um, got like, what, 10, 15 points less than Yessi over there right now. They're losing their mind. He's going to make the team. He's going to be a stud. And and people here think that this guy doesn't have any value. So I think there's a team out there waiting and waiting for the right time, and they're gonna they're gonna try to get him and and, and think that they can save him. Maybe they can't, mm-hmm. but I mean he's having to write this guy off right now. Is yeah, ridiculous. he's he's 21. <laughs> I know he's 21. Miku Koivu didn't come over till he was like 21 and played a year in the American team League. Like, came a lot up. of these guys. Like, this Saku is when didn't he, come over till when, he was like 2021. 20, like yeah, this is when he should be playing in the NHL now. His first season. Yeah, he should he, be, he should be one of these guys in the AHL. who should be called up with Yamamoto and Benson yeah. right now. Like that's where he should be. And it's funny because I don't know what the rush is because Kakiniemi, mm-hmm. they brought him over, looked pretty good last year, struggling this year. He's got a year and a half in the NHL. He's in the American League right now. And Capo Kako, who was supposed to be maybe the best out of all these guys, he's struggling right now. So these teams that are bringing over these Finnish kids, like why is it okay to throw all these Finnish kids in at 18, yeah. but not any of these other North American kids unless you're drafted first overall? So it, 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 it weirds me out a little bit. But like I'll watch the odd I watch a lot of almost all of the highlights because you can see all the goal highlights. Yeah, yeah. But I've watched a couple of the Champions League games that stream. And uh he's still playing the same way he was playing. Like a he's a looping a bit yeah. and he's a little bit of a rover. But I think if you put him in a spot to succeed as opposed to having his most career minutes with Milan Lucic, a guy you couldn't wait to get rid of, um I I, th- I think another like Another team's going to give him a chance. I would take that chance as well if I was another team. I'm not 100% sure if it works out. Do you think it happens at the deadline and the Oilers can get something for this year or more of a draft situation? You know, I didn't I didn't think it would happen at the deadline, but now that the Oilers are... I mean, if you can move an asset that you are still trying to pass off as though he's valuable to you, mm-hmm. when really we know he's not, if you can move him to help a team right now to make a push to get home ice throughout the conference, throughout the divisional playoffs, I think you might be a little more willing to do it. And some of the teams that are selling are teams that have been rumored to have interest in them. So, I mean, you could, wouldn't it be something if he was traded in a deal to get Ryan Strom back? <laughs> the very guy that he was supposed to play with and then they traded away. But like, I would, I would still say no. I think it's an off-season draft type of deal. But I think it's, I think... I think it's more likely that it happens now than it did like a month ago. Okay. Uh, quickly, uh, around the league, um, who do you, when, you know, when you're looking at the the standings as we march towards the playoffs, um, you know, do you think uh, Tampa can get it going again? What what are you what are you looking at around the NHL? Uh, what, uh, what interests you? Well, the Eastern Conference is super top heavy, I think. Like, and which is, which is a good thing for those teams. Like, Washington seems to have kind of got that that groove back here that I, I kind of feel like they might be able to take another run at it. With 20 Holt. wins on the road. Well, yeah, and with Holt being net for this year, and then I don't know what happens there next year. I mean, you might be able to make a push. We'll see what they end up doing at the deadline. But um, I, I, I I know the Blues got it done last year, and they were. But that was my hot take this year, that the Blues wouldn't make the playoffs. Like, I was just mm-hmm. like, they got on a hot run with a good goalie. They don't have a lot of top-end star talent. Like, David Perron's driving their offense right now. No, like, Tarasenko. No, Tarasenko, when he got out, I was like, oh, for sure they're going to struggle now. But they haven't. They've got a, they've got a, they've, they've got a 
group of really good forwards, not great forwards. They got right. a group of really good Schwartz so much depth. and Shen like and Bozak O'Reilly, on like the third Bozak. Line. These guys aren't McDavid or Dreisaitl or you know these high end offensive guys, but they've got a great blue line and Bington's still been good. And um, but I look at that Eastern Conference with Tampa, with Boston, with Pittsburgh, with Washington. And to me, those those teams are 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 the elite of the elite in the National Hockey League, and I'll be keeping tabs on how that sorts itself out because that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough road. Whereas if you're Colorado or if you're St. if you're St. Louis, let's say, I mean, when you get Colorado or Dallas, like, do you think Dallas is going to scare anybody? No. Like, so and then you get whoever comes out of the Pacific, and it doesn't even look that strong either. And even these wild card teams, like. It's Winnipeg who can't get their act together right now and mm-hmm. obviously needs some help somewhere. And then well, Chicago, they might get it now with some. Well, yeah, exactly. Bufflin, but. And then Chicago, Minnesota, like nobody scares you in the West. So, but there's a lot of teams that scare scare me in the East. So I think the East is going to be a powerhouse. St. Louis to me is right now they're the team that we expected to see at the start of last year. It's true because they brought yeah. in all these guys, then they get on that incredible run. Like they they better make a movie out of that. Like you imagine the bar scene of that movie of them singing Gloria, what uh-huh. that would like, you know, remember those movies insane. like those scenes from Miracle again. Again, yeah. what's your name? What's your name? Like that would be an iconic scene from that movie of the St. Louis Blues. That was Blues. such a remarkable they run. Get Jaden like, Schwartz on a t- chair or something yeah, like Brett that. Brett Hall yeah, climbing yeah. his own statue. Yeah, yeah. Like that'd be great. So I, th- I think the Blues are what we thought they were going to be. Not to be like a Herm Edwards yeah, here, yeah. but uh, they, uh, I think it was Herm, was it? Uh, no, it's uh, Dennis. Oh, Dennis Green. Uh, Dennis Green. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They are who we the thought. The Bears are, yeah. But anyway, they, that's who I think we thought they were going to be at the start of the season. It didn't catch until late. And, and so then we see them great at the start of the season, and we'll see if they can yeah, carry it. Mean, Obviously, they're going to carry it into the playoffs, but Yeah, and like far? I said, like, you know, and... Like and who would have thought the St. Louis Blues might have a chance to repeat? Yeah. Like, well, I, I thought maybe they might have just been lucky. I mean, nobody nobody really repeats anymore. Other I mean, it happens every yeah. once in a while. Pittsburgh got the job done, but um, whoever comes out of the East is going to have to go through two wars at least, right? Yeah. Like... So I mean, we'll see if the Blues can if the Blues can cruise along. I mean, the Oilers played the Blues well on Friday. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good game. The Oilers are a weird team because when they've looked like they might have a letdown this year, they go out and beat some really good teams and then lose to some some horrible clubs. So I yeah, yeah like that's one stretch where yeah. they were losing to Ottawa and everybody. You know what's going to happen in the West is that one of these teams is going to go on the runs at like what's Vancouver right now like 13, one and th- 13, three and one in like their last seventeen or something. Like one of those teams is just going to get hot and they're going to roll through the Pacific and, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Like you look at Vancouver, seven wins in their last ten. Edmonton, seven wins in the last ten. Calgary had seven wins yeah. in their last ten yeah. uh, before that. So you know, Vegas is the only team that's yeah. Uh, really Vegas. I mean, off. Vegas could get it going if yeah. Flurry's been through so much stuff this year with his dad. So I understand where that's coming from. But if he can refocus here, I mean. They might be the toughest out in the playoffs for anybody in the West. Is Gerard Gallant the strangest firing out of all the firings this year? That was that was a well. It's been a weird year. Yeah, but that was that one doesn't make any sense to me. Like they lost four in a row, and prior to losing that four in a row, they were the best team in the division. Yeah. So you're like, what is going on here? It's so something still doesn't add up. Um, and to bring in the guy that had this hated rivalry with your team, man, it just and who had just got fired. Yeah, it just. It, it still doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. That yeah. that never added up. Uh, I don't. I don't get it either. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, growing up. Uh, okay, you grew up in uh, in Cranbrook, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I grew up on a farm just outside of Cranbrook, okay. 50, above, basically smack dab between Cranbrook and Kimberly. How close were you to Skookum Chuck? 
Uh, Skookum Chuck would have been about, and Skookum Chuck stinks, eh? Like, it does. Oh, it's gross. Uh, I'd be about probably 50 minutes. Okay. 50, 45 minutes from Skookum Chuck. My friends, uh, aunts and uncles ran that trading post for a long time. Oh, so right he down had, in the yeah, corner there? He okay. Had this yeah, shirt, yeah. and I'm like, oh, as a kid, I'm like, what the heck is Skookum Chuck? Yeah, and they then, got a pulp mill there. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. We used to go to Kimberly all the time for ski trips and golf trips, yeah. and we'd drive, drive around. And that. Yeah, so, so you go Skookum Chuck, Kimberly, and then you would come down to where I lived okay. and then up to Cranbrook. So did you go to school in Cranbrook? I went to school in Cranbrook, but for some reason I played hockey in Kimberly. So okay. I don't know why my parents, I don't know why they did that, to be honest with you, because all my friends were in Cranbrook yeah. and I take the bus home back to the farm, get off the bus. My mom would wait and pick me up with my hockey gear. We get in the car, out. drive to Kimberly. Yeah. I get like dressed in the car on the way there because practice would be like 4.15, 4.30. Right. Um, so yeah, I never got to play hockey with my school buddies. I was playing. I saw this whole other group of friends in Kimberly. And Strange. what was really weird was that, and this is tough as a kid. So you go in Kimberly we were not as good at hockey okay. as Cranbrook because it was a smaller community. So we'd go and play against the Cranbrook team, which happened to be on my school buddies and they'd shit kick us. Yeah. And then I'd have to go to school as the goalie and be like, Hey, we put up 16 on you yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know the shots were like 80 to 12. Like, yeah. thanks guys. So yeah, that was, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why I played hockey in Kimberly, but I did. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. But you grew up on a farm and I was yeah. saying to you earlier, I, uh, you know, my dad grew up on a farm. I grew up in the city of Brandon. I never wanted to be a farm kid, but as an adult, I'm like, man, I would love to be on a farm. Did you love being on a farm like chores and animals and all that? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it was, it was a little bit of a pain, but like I, so I, yeah, we lived on the farm till I was 15. We moved in grade nine. My dad sold it cause we were, he was busy with work cause he, he had a full-time job still as a jail guard yeah. with the city of Cranbrook. Oh, wow. So, and the farm. so he'd do two days, two nights, and then be farming the rest of the time. So he was super busy, super committed. And I think at some point they're just like, okay, Too you know much, what? Yeah. Like farm life's been great, but my grandpa had moved on like from farming. So yeah. my dad was my dad's farm now. And it's just like, we want to do something it's, different. It's a hard life, man. So, yeah, You're so it, dependent it, yeah, on so many other things. Lots of things. So, but it, I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, just growing up was having all that space. Mm. Like for my kids now, I'm like, man, I wish they had that space. I'd go, I'd go outside and I'd be gone for four hours yeah. and my parents wouldn't worry about me because there's nobody else around, That's you know? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. And it was, so it was, it was awesome. I grew up playing like hockey at the two nets and the cows were in the field. So awesome, like, I just run around them and Good like, it was handling, fine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it was. Yeah, it was, I do, I did love it. When I, one of my jobs, when I was like 19, I guess, coming back from school, I, I got like a, a job from, I don't know, like March or April, I guess, early May to August working on a farm. Nice. Um, so I did that for a, for a summer and I loved it. It was, it's just, it's relax. It's, it's hard work, but it's also relaxing. Like there's not, you're not thinking about much. You're just like yeah. going about your daily routine. It's kind of routine. peaceful a little bit. Yeah. I got to the point where. You know, I'd be up early helping my dad move irrigation pipes and stuff in the summer. And it's, it's special, the special times, man. Sure. It was, yeah. you know, living in town, like you don't really, well, you don't get that. I mean, yeah. you don't have that opportunity. So yeah, like I, I, I would bond with my dad by him saying, get the hell outside and mow the lawn. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, you're not going to come push the lawnmower with me. We no, can bond here? it was way different. <laughs> and so, yeah, like my, uh, like, like when it was haying season, I, I drive the tractor mm. when I was like 14, 15, do the raking. And my dad would come behind me with the baler and we'd do that. And then we'd all haul the bales together after. And, um, my mom kind of grew up on a farm as well. So she was like a farm girl. And, um, and then I had two sisters. My one was a couple years younger than me. So she was getting involved. And then we have a, I have a sister who's 10 years younger than me too. So she Solid. was, she was very little at the time still, but, um, it was great. Like I, we grew up, my, my grandpa and grandma lived on the, like our, our farm was separated by the road yeah. that kind of went my up. My wife, the same way. Yeah, Her my, grandparents, parents, my lived grandparents lived across the road. Lived across the road. Yeah. 
So we would just hop on our bikes, ride across the road, hang out with grandma and grandpa, mm -hmm. go help grandpa with farming and stuff. It, it was a great life, man. Like I would, I would not have changed that for the world. It was yeah. good. I wish, I wish we would have held on to it a little bit longer. It would have been, it would have been fine, but it, it probably would have completely changed my life. Oh. Like I might still just be living in a house across from my dad yeah, yeah. and running the farm, you know, like, which so, would still be fun, which would be great. Yeah, like yeah. that's kind of what I thought my life was going to be. Yeah. And I was okay with it. You know, it was all right. So tell me, you wanted to be this as a, do this uh, for a living for a long time, as yeah. we found out in uh, One Timers. Uh, tell me about uh, school. Where'd you go to where, you know, uh, school and how'd you get into yeah, right away? Or did no, you I, I, no, I, well, I, um, first year after high school, I just worked at Save On Foods, just hung out with my buddies, saved mm -hmm. a little bit of money. Um, then I applied to get into the broadcast program at Lethbridge Community College. And first year I applied, I didn't get in. And I was, I was rattled. I was like, how in the, like, how did I not get, like, it was, it pissed me off to be honest with you. I was just like, come on. So, um, I'd already planned on moving to Lethbridge cause I thought I was going to get in. Yeah. So instead I applied to the university, got into the university of Lethbridge. So I was just like, well, I might as well just go to university for a year. Maybe I find something else that yeah. I like. Like, so I started going to university, hated it. Like I was not a books and study and write papers and shit. I like that just wasn't for me. So I applied for the broadcast program again in like January went and did all the interviews and stuff. And then that time I got accepted. Okay. And then I went to uh yeah, two years in Lethbridge and it was great. It was, it was good. It was, that program was different than the one they have up here in Edmonton because you did TV and radio the whole time. You didn't have to decide right. which way you wanted to go. We just sort of alternated. And I liked that because I've worked in both obviously since. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought it prepped me really well. And I, I love, I love Lethbridge. Like, I left after I graduated and stuff and I ended up going back and I, I loved it there. It was good. And the college program was great. I loved it. I, uh, I tried to get into the journalism, uh, course at uh, Cinnaboyne or no, uh, Red River college in Winnipeg. Same thing. I didn't get in. I'm like, but that's what I wanted to be. Yeah. What am I going to do now? And I would, and so I'm like, okay, I'll go into broadcasting, go to this small school in Saskatoon, which has produced some good, pretty good broadcasters and Drager and yeah. my brother went there. And, uh, so Tiny school, but uh, second, I was so you know, devastated. Like you're just man. thinking, like, what am I gonna do now? This is my dream. Yeah, I still remember. I remember I was playing basketball on my driveway, and uh, I had a sick hoop. It was a glass backboard, chain mesh. It was awesome. Oh, so I'm awesome. playing basketball, and uh, my mom's like, "Hey, letter from the college came." I was just like, "All right." So I go and I open it up, and it said we couldn't get you in, and I was I was devastated, man. I yeah. was just like. Like, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a broadcaster. When I found out that I couldn't get in the first year, I was just like... It's crushing. I, it, yeah, I was. I, I just, yeah, I started crying. I was like 19. I was yeah. just like, what am I going to do? Like, this is my life. Yeah. And then, you know, it obviously worked out in the end, but... It's like your first girlfriend that you break up with. You think your life is over. Yeah, right? I know? did. Yeah. And my first girlfriend that I broke up with, she was a farmer too. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to marry her. We're going to have the farm. And yeah, that didn't happen. Did that didn't happen. happen. No. So you go to college and then you get into your career. And like most of us, you start in some small town. Yeah. Yeah. I started in a really small town up in High Prairie. Uh, and it's funny because our teachers were like, take the first job you get no matter what, just to get in, start yeah. to build a resume and stuff. So... Uh, we got a contract of, we, we were, my buddy and I were doing a documentary on, I can't remember what it was, but we won like five grand in this contest. Nice. So I had, I was like 20, we split it. So I had like 2,500 bucks and back then that was a ton. So I just kind of hung out in Lethbridge for a couple of months, sending out demos and yeah. stuff. And then, um, and then, yeah, I got, I got offered to go up and be a news guy at, uh, 1020 CKVH in High Prairie. So I, I, it was funny, my grandpa and my dad moved me up there and I basically put everything I could own into my Ford Taurus drive up there. I got to Barhead 
and I'm looking around Barhead and I'm like, oh my God, like, where am I going? And the person in Barhead is like, why are you moving to High Prairie? And I'm looking around Barhead and I'm being like, oh my God, like what's chirping? Yeah, what's High Prairie like? (laughs) So I moved up there and uh, yeah, I was there for, I was only there for three months. It was an interesting three months, Um, but it was good. We, that radio station, man, was like this size. Like this is like your, your, your room right here. Like it was me, a morning show girl and a sales manager. And then at 10 o'clock when we finished like the local morning show, they'd flip it over to like the cat country network across the province. And uh, that was it for the day. So yeah, it was good. It was all right. I didn't, I hated news. Yeah, me too. Uh, Yeah, I didn't like I did news on TV and like after like the, the, the accident I had to go to where a person got decapitated. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to work my ass off to get it back into sports here. But I had to start somewhere. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. So you got to do that. So you go from high Prairie and then to grand Prairie. No, no. What happened? No, no. I went, uh, I was at high Prairie and then, um, remember Rob Kerr. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows Kerr. So Kerr had left to go to Calgary at the time. And so Gregor took over Kerr's show and current just on a different station yeah though. it was on yeah. cjca at the yeah, time yeah. but but they had any sport anytime.com yeah. going and Kerr had been doing play-by-play there and then gregor and aj jackie were all there right. and they needed a new play-by-play guy to be like the third man on the totem pole so i and it, when i was in college i volunteered and did color for the 4a basketball championships with rob and aj when they were down in lethbridge so I got, I knew them a little bit from there. Mm-hmm. So I kind of applied and John short and, uh, well, shorty, I think for the most part, um, interviewed me and they're like, okay, we want you to come and do play by play for any sport, anytime. So I moved to Edmonton and, uh, I worked with like Gregor and phrase back then at mm-hmm. the other station, just do an online play by play. And we called AJHL ACAC. Uh, the Edmonton Chimos women hockey. Anything you could yeah, do. Yeah, anything. Yeah. I would basically call anything. And back then it was like all over the province. So we were driving to Red Deer. I went out and did like sprint car racing in Drayton Valley. Like whatever John Short would sell for mm. that, I, you'd go call it. And it was so cool being around John Short. Like I had, I didn't grow up in Edmonton, so I didn't know at the time like how awesome he uh, was. Yeah. And I but, I, but I got to know him, right? So, so I did that for a year. And then in the non-hockey season, um, I went down to Lethbridge, worked for the – Lethbridge Bulls baseball team the, right, in the, yeah. the Western Major Baseball League. Um, then when that season ended, I came back up, was working with the guys again. But then like midway through that year, they um, they shut it down because the guys all moved to Team 1260. Right. And they're like, we don't have a, we don't have any work for you anymore. And the whole time I'd been working at Save on Foods in the morning and yeah. then doing play-by-play at night. So I was just like, well, what am I supposed to do? So I moved back to Lethbridge again, started working with the um, Lethbridge Bulls again. Yeah. I did another year with the Bulls. And then uh, play by play. Um, no, I was like media relations, oh, okay. yeah, but yeah. actually part of that gig, I lined up a Saturday night play by play at the university so, station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I called 10 baseball games, baseball games, which, fun, which is, yeah, it's so different than everything it's else. So relaxed. It's so, it's so, so relaxed. I would just be sitting there. I'd be having a beer. I'd be having some popcorn. It was just <laughs> so like, so you were basically Harry Carey then. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Hamburg and I were having yeah. some Budweiser. I had a guy, a color guy named Brian Jeanette, a Janot, and he, he, he like knew everything about Lethbridge baseball. He'd well, been around forever. So good. he would just, so it was yeah. great. And then, uh, yeah, so I went back and did that. And then, well, I guess it was midway through the year they shut down. The baseball season didn't start till May or whatever. So I went back to Lethbridge and worked at Leon's Furniture. Okay. And I, I hauled furniture because my buddies were one of the managers there. So yeah. was on the furniture truck for like four months and then uh, got on 
with the Bulls again, and then I applied and got on at Country 95 down there doing weekend news. Okay. So I'd work for the baseball team in the furniture store during the week, then go read news on Saturday, Sunday. Um, and I did that for, well, probably about eight months. And then uh, they offered me a full-time job at the news station. And what happened was uh, Brad Curl yeah. left the Hurricanes to go be the Hitman, Hitman guy. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, you can take Curly's spot in the newsroom. So I was like, perfect. So I slid in there and I, I did news for two and a half years um, mm -hmm. and did color on the Hurricanes broadcast for a year with Marlon Martins. And then um, we lost the radio rights in Lethbridge. And I tried to get the play-by-play -play job at the news station, but I burned some bridges with some of the people that, that anyway, I didn't get it. And so I, then it's funny. I was like, that's it. I'm out. I'm done with broadcasting. I'm going to go into radio sales. Oh, okay. So yeah, the yeah. sales guy, he's like, you'll be great in sales. And I was just like, I don't want to do sales, but I'm sick and tired of making like 900 bucks a month yeah. and, you know, not getting anywhere. So I, uh, I had the sales binder sitting there and I was going through it and I got a call from my old news director who moved to Calgary. And he was like, he goes, I'm somebody from Fort Mac's going to call you. They want you to come up to Fort Mac and do a morning show and, and do the Barons play by play. Oh, so this, yeah, this right. random guy calls me and they're like, Pete Curtis gave us your name. And would you like to come up? And I was just like, you know what? I am, I'm in, like I was done. Yeah. I was just like. So yeah, thank God they called me because I would have been like a radio sales guy and I would have hated my you life. Probably would have quit. Yeah. So. Uh, and then from there to here, right? Yeah. yeah. For two years in Fort Mac, uh, great two years up there. Actually, I loved Fort Mac. Met my wife there, and then, yeah, came came down here, and it's to ten years here now. It's such a good story of perseverance. I mean, Darren Dreger was on my podcast. He almost quit to become a real estate agent. That close, right? Like he was taken looking through the books and doing yeah. this. He was about to quit. And then he got the call to go to Winnipeg. And, you know, I remember as a kid, or kid, like in my first little broadcasting, I'd be like in the boardroom at CKX TV, fight, you know, making VHS yeah. tapes, thinking I'm never going to get out of there. And then I got to Red Deer, th same thing, never going to get, the, you know, you, you just think you get so frustrated sometimes. And think of it, you know, now you're doing, uh, you know, the, the number one morning show in the city. Yeah. You're doing uh, hockey and football play-by-play -play <laughs> on a national network when you could have quit and who knows what you'd be doing right now. You, ha you Broadcasting is so much about perseverance. Yeah, you got to grind through it, man. Like when I got my first job in Lethbridge, they're like, and your salary for the year is $18,500. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And I was like, sweet. Like, I'm in. Like, I've made it. And then when they called me, they're like, do you want to come up yeah. to Fort Mac? Here's the number. I was like, <gasps> I called my dad. I was like, you'll never believe. Like, so it was, but yeah, like, I, man, I still work like two or three jobs. Yeah, like, yeah. But like, I, I just, at the time when I was doing the furniture, baseball, the, uh, the radio. Happen. Yeah. And then I was also doing a podcast way back in the day for Hockey's Future. Yeah. Hockey's Future Radio. Like before podcast music thing, I just upload the yeah. audio file and you could download it. Um, so I was doing like four things and I was just like, I remember I was dating a girl at the time. She was just like, why are you doing all this stuff? And I was just like, well, I want to be a sports broadcaster one day. Like I'm going to keep going. And yeah, so then you kind of get one call and go to Fort Mac and kind of changes your life. So what's it like? When you're in the booth now on the CFL on TSN, or you're doing the Spangler Cup, and uh, you're you're living, you know, you're so close to realizing your dream of being an NHL play-by-play -play guy. Yeah, it's it's surreal. Like for people who have known me for my life for the last twenty years, they get how special it is. Like I'm close, and it's going well, but like calling a CFL game is it's kind of like that hard to realize. Like the the going to the Spangler last year was awesome. 
And then when another opportunity pops up with the CFL, you're like, holy smokes, like these guys might like me or they yeah. like how I work or, you know, they like the call or whatever. So it just, it just motivates you to want to keep going. Right. Cause you go from <laughs> reading weekend news hung to the nuts because yeah. you're out till midnight because you're like, who cares? Yeah. You're not going to make it to now having a chance to be like that close to what you set out to do, buddy. It's, it just motivates me more. Like if I don't get to call an NHL game at some mm -hmm. point in my life now, I'm going to feel like a major disappointment. So um, I, I love calling football. I mean, but yeah. the goal was hockey when I started. So if I can do both and then somehow still do a morning show that I like doing, I don't know how that's going to be possible. I'll have to make a choice at some point, but um, yeah, the, you know, the Spanglers, they're all very cool opportunities. You're working with such professionals. Like I've been doing bears. Well, we did bears yeah, hockey did, together yeah. and stuff like you don't, do university hockey for 10 years for very minimal money to just do it. I mean, you it's love it, time, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you love it. You love calling it. It's an opportunity to get reps in and keep working. And then maybe if somebody takes notice one day and you get an opportunity, it works out. So, um, yeah, it's, it's close, but it's awesome right now. Like even if I just called CFL games and Spangler for the rest of my life, yeah, that would be awesome. It's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, it'd be awesome, but it kind of motivates you to to do more. You guys have a uh, awesome podcast as well. Two guys in a yeah, group. yeah. That's that's going. Those guys came to me for a while. They wanted me to do a podcast, and I was super busy. And my Boys wife, Nation, yeah, yeah. My wife was working, and I'd been writing and doing some stuff with them. And then you know, this opportunity came up for my wife to stay home with the kids. And I was just like, okay, well, if I can secure some extra funds and then let's do it. So I went back to the nation boys and I was like, Hey, I was like, I'm in like, let's, mm -hmm. let's do it. They're like, perfect. Let's go. Um, and then I said, but if I do it, I want a couple of guys with me. Like, I don't want to do just an hour podcast by myself and it wouldn't have the same sort of, cause they're like, mm -hmm. we want it to kind of be like a radio show, but like more hockey driven. So I was just like, well, let's get Gage and cast. Cause I know those guys listen mm -hmm. to the radio shows. So they kind of get me and I get them and, so yeah, they're, I mean, those two guys are great. They got great stories. We've been having a few guys in studio like you do as well. Mm. And like, it's, yeah, it's going really well. And you know what? I like it because it's fun for me. You know, like it doesn't it, feel like work stuff. That's so right. Like, yeah. I look, I look forward to going down and hanging out with Gage and Cass twice a week for an hour, just bullshitting. And, um, I think, I think that comes across and, uh, yeah, it's going, I like it. It's going really well so far. Okay. Um, I got about uh, 10 minutes left okay. with you. So um, I'm going to go through people that you were. I want you to give me one word for the following people. Oh, is this going to get me in trouble? I know it should. And okay. it's people you work with. Just, right. okay. When I say uh, the name, okay. uh, you give me what uh, okay. pops into your mind. All right. Are you ready? Okay. Let me just say, uh, Lieutenant Eric. Hard worker. Uh, low tide. Uh, lovable. He is yeah. really uh, lovable. Yaremchuk. Talented. Jameson. Leader. Awanek. Boss. <laughs> like he's going to be the boss one day. It's that simple. Gregor. Uh, salesman. Yeah. For cool. sure. That dude is an unbelievable salesman. He's scheduled to come in here next week. I can't yeah. wait to hear his how all yeah, that started. Yeah, that dude, he grinds for sure. Uh, Hallie. Um underrated yeah i think hallie's a good broadcaster yeah. man I, th I think one day there's bigger things coming from and he's probably the most knowledgeable nfl guy on he the whole is, station he is in the whole station that's um, why he was my nfl yeah. expert when i had my daily yeah show. he's yeah he's he's great i want to hear him talk more about the nfl struds hilarious hernan um oh man how would i say underused yeah. can i say that like well especially now yeah well yeah yeah, like, <laughs> yeah well March. you work with hernan yeah. like hernan 
will be bigger in this market as things as he continues to get more opportunity. Like that's why we got him on the pod. I got, got him on the He's podcast. So passionate. With us. He's yeah, actually that's a good word for her. Dan. like sometimes angry. Yeah. yeah like, but yeah, I think people, you know, like him and Hallie, like those guys, they're, they're both, they're different, yeah. but they're both extremely talented, very opinionated. Um, but yeah, Hern Hernandez, he's got some fire in his belly for sure. Gazola. Uh, beautiful. I was going to say hair. Handsome, right? handsome, yeah. handsome man. I don't think I missed anybody. You guys haven't. Uh... Uh, no, we haven't. Hey, we definitely don't hire anybody. Yeah, I, I would, I'd be a little bit pissed <laughs> off if uh, all of a sudden there's like a giant hiring bonanza You're going not going to believe the four new guys we hired for the night show. Yeah, we, we're doing yeah. a seven till four in the morning show yeah. now, and we've hired a whole but, bunch of I mean, of you people. were there, and we miss you, and it's... But it's a good group of guys. Like we've got a good group of guys. We can mix in a couple girls. I mean, probably, you know, to, to get different Might voices. Nice, but, yeah. but it's a good group of guys. And I think we do a really good job on the station. I tried mixing in a few girls on my show with Battle of the FM Stars, and then two weeks yeah, later, I got my release. Right. So that was, a, that was maybe, a fun maybe, little maybe, bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay, um, TV shows. What what shows do you love? Like, what's? do you have a favorite series? Um, Like, current or all time? All time. Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap is so my favorite series. Did you ever. hear Tarantino might he is interested in doing a remake? I, I saw that from a time like I'm a total time travel nerd. Like I love okay. time travel. If like you don't even know, like I would love <laughs> to travel through time. But so Quantum Leap with with Sam Beckett leaping around yeah. from spot to spot, putting right what once went wrong. Like if they could bring him back as like the older guy who's helping somebody else leap, I think it would be okay. an amazing idea. But I used to watch Quantum Leap. Like my dad got me into it when I was in high school. And then I would get up in university and it was on, it used to be on at like 7 a.m. for some like reruns. Yeah. And I hadn't watched them all yet. So they're all new to me. So I would get up at 7 a.m. and watch it. And my buddy, my roommate would come out and be like, hey, man, let's go to school. I'm like, no, I'm going to finish the episode and go back to bed. He's like, because I had no motivation when I was in university because mm -hmm. I was just waiting to go to college. That's right. So I would, yeah, so I just binge. I've probably watched Quantum Leap, the entire thing front to back, seven or eight times. You like, I love that, that show. You know how weird that sounds? I had no motivation in university because I was waiting for college. Yeah. People I know. It's so weird. Around, right? yeah, yeah, but you're right. Yeah, I was yeah. just like... Once I got made, once I got accepted for college in like January, yeah, you didn't care I was done. That. I just played Tony Hawk all day. So, so what else, you know, you're, you are sons of anarchy guy. Yeah. Sons. We, you know. Oh man. Lots of shows like sons, the shield. Have you seen the shield? I haven't. The shield was done by the guys who did sons. Yeah. But first, um, I, 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 it's on my list. It's amazing. The Walton Goggins guys in that justified was a great show. I liked prison break. Mm -hmm. I'm a reality TV junkie too. Like I'm a big brother religiously frustrates me a little bit, but I, I like the concept of that show. Um, yeah, Lost. I, I watched Lost Game like of crazy. Thrones, Game of watch? Thrones crushed it. Love Game of Thrones. I've rewatched Game of Thrones twice too. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, so I've, I love Game of Thrones. Um, geez, what other ones? I like and that pretty much covers most of it. Oh, Fringe. I don't know if you ever watched Fringe. No. Fringe was like a time a travel different. No, I never watched Sopranos. See, that, um, Breaking so Bad. It took me a while to get into, but I, I ended up watching it. I didn't think it was as great as everyone made it out to yeah. be. But like Sopranos is one I haven't got to. The Wire I haven't got to yet, which people say is really good. Yeah, that's about um, Baltimore, I think. The Wire. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about Baltimore. But yeah, Sopranos mm. was the first one. Like that was the first one that set kind of the the tone for a lot of these. It really did. You're it, right. And yeah. it's really good. It's so I I watched Sopranos and I just finished watching Boardwalk Empire with Buscemi. You know what? I'm three, two or three seasons into that. I don't know why, but like I get into it. And then another so another show will come yeah. on, and then I'll kind of get lost. But my wife and I were watching Boardwalk for, yeah, probably two seasons. That might be one we come back around yeah. on. Like we watched Orange Is the New Black, 
Man, House of Cards still I haven't had finished. Stop that. I had to yeah, stop that. I stopped that one too. I had to so. stopped Breaking Bad, um, and I haven't finished. I'm gonna go back. I was watching Breaking Bad when I first went like and crashed when I was at Global and okay, went on yeah. my leave, and I'm like, this. Sh- I'm depressed enough right now. This yeah, you show don't need is, to watch Breaking I, I had, Bad. I had to stop it. No. So I'd like to get back into it because I've heard the 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 story gets so much it better. Was, it was good. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't love it. Yeah. My wife liked it a lot. I. I thought it was. I thought it was good though. But like somebody like this is the greatest show on TV history, and it's just it's not. Yeah, it's just I, not. I I stopped watching Walking Dead because they kept jumping the yeah, show. Yeah, we I'm stopped like, too. This, this is just gonna go. Like, it, listen, if if I'm surviving in a zombie apocalypse, I'm putting guts all over me all the time. Yeah. If I'm writing for a zombie apocalypse, you can only do that once. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. Well, like I uh, I think we watched up until uh, the Asian guy got killed. Yeah. What was his um, name? Uh, the Negan killed him. Yes. Yes. That's when that was That's it. When, like, I stopped, when Negan pulled the bat out, yeah. my wife was like, I'm done with Walking Dead. And I was yeah. just like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with Glenn. that too. Yeah. When Glenn, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was. Yeah. That's when I stopped too. Yeah. I, I, was haven't, just like, I haven't picked no, it up. Yet. And it's still going. I know. That's what I Which don't get. Which is crazy to me because, but yeah, no, Walking Dead, Walking Dead used to be one of the ones where we would make sure we were watching it live. Me too. Like it was. I, I remember the beginning yeah. it came on. I was at Global one night and I yeah. worked Sundays and I'm like, this show is on and it was Halloween. That's when it debuted. I'm okay, like, yeah. oh, zombies and horses. Perfect. I love cowboys. Yeah. It's and, and yeah, that one jumped the shark for sure. It did. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last one. Okay. Saddest TV moment. Oh, I, uh, I got to go with Sons of Anarchy when Opie <laughs> said, I got this. That crushed me. Uh, dude. That I still, I still, me. you shouldn't even have brought that, it up. I'm getting sad right now. That scene where he's just staring yeah. and then you see it happen yeah. was, I was a, I was a big uh, Tara fan. So when yeah. that happened, oh, that, that really was crazy crushed me. too. But the OP one first was like, wow, they just, you know, one of my favorite characters. And yeah. and that's what's oh, a lot of these shows nowadays. You can't get attached to characters. No, you can't like OP when, yeah, when they were going to kill Jackson, OP was like, no, I'm going to, he goes, he turns around and looks at him and says, I got yep. this. And then they pop him. It was does well for oh, a little was, bit. And oh, then, yeah. man. That, yeah, that was by far probably the saddest TV moment for it's, sure. You know, you can't get it. I remember when I wa- started watching Game of Thrones, I said to Guy Flaming, I'm like, uh, hey, I'm watching uh, Game of Thrones. I love this Sean Bean guy, man. <laughs> I know. And he didn't say anything. And then <laughs> I, I came back to him. I told him, he's like, yeah, I was going to tell you, don't get attached. You know what was because funny? Because I'm like, what happened? When that happened, I remember watching and looking at my wife and being like, well, this show's going nowhere. Like, you just <laughs> killed off the main character. Game of Thrones is done. And then, obviously, it ends yeah. up being legendary. But, yeah, nothing will ever top. Uh, yeah, the op- yeah, that was close yeah, that second. Was f- close second for me is uh, the ending of uh, Every Littlest Hobo, when he would just never find a home. Ah. Uh, that poor bugger. Like hey? that dog was so smart and I he know. could just never find a home. Like, yeah, how'd like, that happen? Like, how does this guy not? Yeah. He just doesn't want, I don't think he wanted to go home. Yeah, anywhere. that wasn't good. He was a bachelor. I'm trying to think of other ones. And the, the shield had a pretty emotional ending too. Um, but nothing like, like he just, cause Opie had a bad, he had a rough ride, oh. like, and they were screwing him over. And yeah. then he, ah, oh, that was, I me- and he looked so cool too. I remember I went to the Griba one time he had a Tuca. Remember yeah. he had the big beard. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you look so much like Opie. It's yeah. badass. Yeah. Opie was so good. That was, oh, that was tough to see. Yeah. Yeah. That was a tough one. That was it. Uh, Hey man, this has been uh, a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for, uh, uh, sliding in here today and, um, uh, chatting with me best of luck with of course uh, the morning show you and eric do such a fun job and of course two guys in the goalie yeah play by play, everything good, yeah. man you got so much going on it's exciting yeah thanks buddy thanks for having me in. i'm glad i was able to uh, finally get in here this is great this has been a lot of fun dustin nielsen of tsn 1260 and tsn play by play here on sports and more the podcast <laughs>
Cameron used to sing a lot, but he stopped when his dad yelled, shut up. This is the Sports and More podcast with Dean Millard. Cut the gas when his girlfriend yelled, slow down. Cameron used to read, but he closed the sleeve when his friend yelled, hey, That's a fun conversation with a guy you can tell really loves what he does. He loves a lot of things. He's a great storyteller. Uh, so make sure if you haven't, uh, you're listening to Dustin Nielsen, six in the morning till 10 on TSN 1260. You can catch him doing play-by-play this uh, summer again of the Canadian Football League and hopefully much more. Okay. So to the Acme Meat Market Trivia Contest now, we told you a gift certificate was up for grabs from Acme Meat Market. Go and say hi to Corey, Amanda, and their wonderful staff in the Ritchie Market in Edmonton, 9570 76th Avenue. Hit them up online at acmemeatmarket.ca. For me, grilling season is all season. And it doesn't matter how good of a barbecue you have or a rig or whatever, whatever setup you have, smoker, doesn't matter how good of a cook you are. If you don't start with the right piece of meat, you're not going anywhere. So with this gift card, you can pick up some delicious grub from Acme Meat Market just for telling me what city did Dustin Nielsen start his broadcast, or what city, let me start that again. What city did Dustin Nielsen attend broadcast college? Where did he go to school for broadcasting? Send your answers to sportsandmorepod at gmail.com or hit me up on social media at Duck Millard on Twitter at Sports and More Podcast on Instagram, Sports and More 35 on Facebook. And as mentioned, you could email me sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. Check out past episodes and uh, soon to be one timers with Dustin Nielsen later this week at sportsandmore.ca. Hope you enjoyed this show. If you did, please subscribe and I'd love it if you left us a review. It really helps us to make this show better. And we always are trying to improve. And if you would like to be a part of this show, we have several options available uh, at attractive prices. Email me at sportsandmorepod at gmail.com. Thanks very much to Dustin Nielsen for joining me on the program today. It was really a lot of fun. Playtime is over.